Alex, I've been following you for a few years. Um, I started, I can talk more about this when we get going, but um, I started trading a few years ago and I was following, I found like you and I found Ross and those were pretty much like the two channels that I like to watch. That's so, so crazy. At this point, yeah. <laughs> That's so crazy. <clears throat> How like... Yeah, because when I when I started, I remember I was on my, doing my road trip in in Germany. I mean, uh, in Europe mm -hmm. and uh, parts of Africa. And then on the road trip, I started like watching parts of Ross. But then it wasn't until like maybe two years later where I kind of started trading again because uh, I traded a bit in New York City. And a lot of what I'm yeah. doing is based on Ross's, you know, momentum, uh, top yeah. gainers strategy. And I think we're all basically trading the same strategy here. Uh, so it's it's really. It's really funny that you you saw both of us at the time, and um, yeah, you're still you're still watching both of us. Although I'm not doing any live trading or anything like that anymore. But yeah, yeah it's just funny how funny how it happens. Yeah, yeah, it really is super cool. Uh, I guess we could probably just start the podcast um, a little. I guess the the official, but I guess for anyone that doesn't know, because I do know people know who you are in the discord to some extent, you know, you even posting P and L's and that's actually how we got started in a way where I saw one of your P and L's and cause you're an active user, you're posting your P and L's and I was like, dang, these right. are looking really good. Uh, but I was actually curious, how come you're posting like trade review, for example, and not trade journal, not that it really mattered. I was just curious if we were missing yeah. something, like, are we missing some feature? But anyway, long story short, um, you know, I figured out you were a warrior trading mentor and you were on a recent podcast with Ross and it was so funny because that's when it like instantly clicked where I was like, oh, mm -hmm. I know that you shared it with me, but I've already seen it. Let me actually mm -hmm. see if I could just pull it up, share screen. Um, yeah, I, I knew you had seen it and just hadn't made the connection. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's um let's see. Where By the way, are we are we streaming live to anything? No, we're not streaming live to anything. Okay. Just recording. It's, uh, yeah, just recording. Um one sec. Sorry, I'm a little slow right now. Usually I'll have this up beforehand, but you know how it goes sometimes. Um yeah, so there's there's this one. I do want to just share it with everyone just so they know, and I'll leave it, I'll link it somewhere. Uh share screen advanced. So with Zoom, I got to make sure I'm actually sharing the whole entire window. So this is this is the podcast that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if you want to call it a podcast or anything like that, but it's basically just uh, the chat you guys were on. And this is why I was like, why is it you know Danny uh, sounds so familiar? <laughs> it was you were in this video, and really nice podcast. I think it was like State of the Union, um, mm -hmm. which is basically you know what's going or state of the market, what's going on in the market. And how is everyone starting and adjusting to everything going forward? You were talking about um, how in 2022, it was a little wishy-washy year for you. You were sticking around yeah. very long, but it was kind of tough. And this year, you've been really hitting the ground running, which is nice to hear because I feel like I've been a bit the opposite, where like 2022 was maybe not the best year for me, but I was like consistent. This year so far, I've been doing some of my worst trading ever. but. Um, Anyway, I just, I don't want to, you know, talk too much. I'm super here, uh, curious to hear a little bit more about you of, you know, how long have you been trading? When did you join our community? And where are you located? Um, yeah. What's your like, main strategy? Uh, anything you want to yeah. share with the community to get, uh, I guess, everyone up to speed, including myself? Sure. Yeah, yeah, happy to. Um, so, yeah, that was a fun little State of the Union little uh, video that we did the other month there. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll talk about 2022 and, and, how I've been doing this year, but before I get into that, um, yeah, so I started trading January of 2020. Um, I left my last full-time job in 2018, um, and I started working with my dad, actually. He owns a supply chain consulting business, and um, we'd been working together for a little while. It was, It's good work, and I still work with him, and we, we're actually pretty busy right now, but at the time, it was a little bit slow and I really kind of needed another source of income. So um, it's funny how it happened. I'm pretty sure this entire journey happened because YouTube recommended 
um, like a day trading video to me. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. One of my roommates in college did some trading. He didn't really day trade. He did like, he did short term swing trades, but I had been aware of it and sort of interested in it for a few years at least. And so that video kind of popped up at the right time. And I was like, um, I'll kind of look into this. And um, I opened an account with TD Ameritrade with $500 in it. I started trading pretty much right away. Um, really tiny share size and made plenty of mistakes. I didn't know that you could uh, get a simulator to start trading and not lose your own money to start out and all of that kind of stuff. But I was watching you, I was watching Ross, I was watching um, another guy on YouTube, and I was just absorbing all of the information I possibly could. And um, uh, it took six months for me to go from my starting point through my drawdown and back up to zero and then into starting to become profitable. Oh, that's know, a good, like, that's a good duration. That's yeah, great. not bad. Um, making that first dollar and then beyond didn't look back. So that was my first six months or so. I, I, maybe I got kind of lucky with the timing and all of that. I did decently well on Tesla. Um, around that same time. That was when it was just like going straight up. Um, but I had always told myself that I wanted to buy into uh, Warrior Trading and become a member there and access the classes and like officially educate myself when I could. Yeah. When I started trading, I, did, I didn't have the disposable income to be able to do that. Um, you know, it's not cheap, but it is a lot of quality content. So um, finally coming into the end of 2021, I had made a decent chunk out of the market and, uh, Ross had announced that he was going to start reteaching all of the classes live winter school, uh, 2021 starting in January. So, um, so finally I became a member there and got into the community, all of that, um, started doing pretty well with it. Ross interviewed me at one point like probably March 2021 something like that so that was the first time that I met and like had a conversation with Ross which was really cool oh, yeah. um, and then it must have been just a few months later I think that they invited me to become one of their mentors um so that is mainly my journey through that kind of like first first half of my trading career so I've been trading for just over three years now um I'm located in Berkeley California so I'm in the Bay Area I wake up early for the market open yeah early um, morning yeah I don't get up too early though I know a lot of people they'll get up at like 5 a.m and be ready for any move that happens I'm not so into that because especially right now with the market being pretty cold it's like I could wake up at 5 a.m. Maybe we'll find a move one morning. Maybe I'll just be up at 5 a.m. sitting on my hands another morning. Um, I swam in college and through high school and all of that. So I've had many, many, plenty of early mornings. So at this point, I'm like, I'll get up at six. I'll be ready yeah. for market open. Um, but yeah, that's 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 pretty much how I start my day. Um as far as trading styles, I trade momentum. Um, I trade breakouts. I trade trends. But uh, we can get more into details on like my strategy and what's been keeping me safe. Um, I think a, a good point to make would be 2022, like we were just talking about. 2022 was really a bad year for me. I went from I made I made about 10 percent last year that I did the year before. Mm, yeah. And by the end of the year, I was like, I just don't want to be a red on the year. And like, at least I've made something compared to Spy, which was down like 30% on the year. So yeah, that's good perspective. Yeah. I was trying to keep it in perspective, even though like day trading, you know, a decent day, you're making what you would make in the Spy in a year in that one day. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's hard to make that comparison, but I was just trying to make myself feel better. <laughs> uh, so 
yeah, last year was tough, but I think that sometimes those periods are kind of necessary to figure out like, where are you going wrong? What's, what's happening? What do I need to change with my trading and get better at and get to the next level or start seeing better results where I want to be? Um, so I took a lot away from it that I've been applying this year and it's been working out well for me. <clears throat> yeah, I think every, every trader is going to have those lull phase. I mean, just statistically speaking, it's going to happen. Um, I think my, one of my first lull phases was like this two month phase in, uh, 2020. Um, I just, it was like March to yeah, April, maybe into May. I just had like two, two and a half months of just flat. And I thought that was like really frustrating. Cause like, you know, you show up every day and, and right. then nothing happens or you, you, you make 500 and then the next day you give back 500 and then you do that for two months and you kind of go a little bit crazy. I've been in that same situation now for almost four months where I'm just up mm -hmm. slightly. Um, and we've been having some decent action occasionally, but I've been really tripping over myself um, by trying to hold longer. So I've been, I've been having this kind of two strategy and I always talk against doing two strategies at once. Like you only want to focus on yeah. one thing. So yeah, I figured, oh, okay, well, you know, I fully understand the front side momentum now. Let me try to um, throw on a second strategy where, you know, on a, a different portfolio in my TD Ameritrade account, even though it's kind of all still in the same screen, let me try to hold some positions longer. And then, you know, that position would be red and that would emotionally mess me up on the day trading. And I think it's been yeah. really throwing me off. So how do you, how, how do you go about, I, do you only do one strategy or, or are you trying to do multiple or? For the most part, um, I mean, there's different plays that I'll play. Like I played Tesla earnings back in January and I held a swing on that for like three weeks because it kept paying and it kept consolidating and then going higher. So I was in that trade for three weeks, which I was kind of annoyed about because I was like, I just want to cut this position. So I stopped looking at, at my open PL daily because yeah. it yeah, definitely has some impact on that. Um, yeah. But uh, for the most part, I'm in and out of trades very quickly. I'm trading momentum, a um, couple thousand shares in, a couple thousand shares out within, you know, sometimes down to like a second, most usually up to like a minute or two. Um, but uh, I mainly focus on front side momentum. But what we've been seeing a lot of lately that I think I've been doing well to recognize is like even on EDBL this morning, <clears throat> we saw multiple times it tried to reject um, like that candle at 10.02. And then there was if a If you want, uh, I could share my screen or you could share your screen and, and just kind of show it. Might be yeah, easier sure. for playback for anyone watching. Yeah, I can share my screen. Um, we've got warrior chat up there anyways. So yeah, this is my layout, um, probably looks familiar enough. I've got thinkorswim here. So I use thinkorswim and DOS. Um, I had used thinkorswim only for the first like three years. Um, and I started using DOS just a couple months ago. So my order entry and level two are DOS and then my time and sales are DOS. How come the, uh, the switch just faster execution? Um, so it's, it's not that it's faster execution, but the level two is much more usable because, you know, mm -hmm. the level two on thinkorswim, it's just a gradient of blue. Um, and I also don't totally yeah. trust that it shows all the information. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like, I've got my halt levels on the DOS level two. The big change is on DOS, on the time and sales, it actually shows different colors, um, like white for between the spread, light red for at the bid, light green for at the ask, dark red for below the bid. So it gives me a much better picture of the direction and not just what's being executed. <clears throat> and so over time, as I see moves happening and I've got my eye on time and sales in level two, I'll see a burst of something on time and sales that just kind of becomes pattern recognition. I'm like, I've seen this before instinctually. I kind of know what it means and it's been helping mm. me to get better entries and exits. Um, but going back to the point I was making on charts and like what I've been trading very frequently lately, 
I feel like we've been seeing these types of moves that maybe we'll have a move higher, we have a big rejection, and then you see this rejection completely get reversed. Yeah. And then we retest highs. I've been finding that um, stocks really like to test levels lately. Um, but this candle right here is like the main candle that I'm looking for lately. It's basically a bear trap. Um, we've got a stock kind of moving up. It tries to reject, it bounces back in, it's holding 9 EMA. And then finally it tries to break down again here. And I don't know if you were watching this, but it went from 403 up to 420 something in an instant. And yeah, it was quick. I, I watched, I was watching that exact candle. Yeah. So that's what I look for. And I, I got in late, actually. I got in at 424 for the move that went into the 450s. Um, but like, as soon as I see that attempt at a move downward being bought up, I'll get in. Like, hopefully around like 410, 415 in this instance. I got in a little bit late there, but usually when we see that happen, um, oh, topping tails kind of scare some people off but lately i've been looking at them like this is a really obvious spot for anybody short to stop out especially yeah. with that type of speed back to the upside um so i think that's why we see those types of moves and that was a nice one um so through this move and then through same thing happened here attempt downward bought up hard I got myself up 300 through those moves and then through this one, I gave it all back. So, uh, yeah, I know that. yeah um, you know, just trying to hit the good ones and then just stop and avoid the bad ones. That's the hard part. Stopping early almost is half the key where if you're up, let's say, you know, I don't know, five, 10% based on average size or so. And, and it, which is usually a pretty okay green day. It's like, sometimes it's just worth calling it. Is yeah holding profits is so difficult right now. I've found, at least for me. Yeah, I take profits really pretty quickly, um, yeah. and that's been something that's been helping me out too. So, one of the guys in the chat yesterday said something that I've been thinking a lot lately, and it was no dip, no trade. <clears throat> so, like this candle, this candle, they're pushing up on the level, but I'm definitely not going to take a position here hoping that it breaks that level um if it dips and reclaims i will definitely take that trade and i'll scale out into profit and then if it holds the next levels i can always just add back right so that's been helping me stay a lot safer lately yeah i get that philosophy you, like you said earlier you kind of want those those bear traps first uh and then you get on i know toby and i were talking about you almost want to be trading setups really soon, getting aggressive, buying that breakout, but then not then basically walking away. And those original yeah. pullbacks are basically garbage nowadays. Is is what it feels like. You look for that classic ninety yeah. May pullback, and that's when you get flushed on. Um, you get you got to get in soon. Yeah. Well, and one other thing that's been helping me is we've been seeing a lot of choppiness on the one minute chart. Like you have a really nice move like this. And then mm -hmm. it goes from 465 back down to 440 and then 435 and then back up 20 cents. So it's like, how do you trade this? But yeah, um, like I've, been, I've been keeping the five and the 15 minute charts open. I've always had the five minute chart up, but I've added the 15 minute just to really help understand like what is the overall trend that we're in? Are we still in a place that makes sense overall to be buying on a one minute chart? Are we still kind of like trending upwards? And right now it looks like no. <laughs> hmm. um, but I think that's been something that's been helping me lately too. Yeah, I've noticed as traders typically evolve, they do tend to keep the larger time frames more in mind um, than yeah. the past. Or even not even, well, yeah, time frames for sure. But sometimes what's the general macro theme going on right now? You know, are we, is it, is it an AI play or, I mean, lately we've been having a lot of pharmaceuticals like back to back. Um, so I always feel like with biotechs, it's a little bit, I don't know, they're like one hit wonders, you know, they pop up that one day, yeah, for usually sure. fade. <laughs> yeah. 
They're not so, investments. No, no. I could never trade uh, like uh, multi-day uh, biotechs is just something I never even bothered with. Um, yeah. If it's like an AI play or something like that, sure. Maybe right. multi-day. Yeah. yeah, you have to be really aware of what you're trading. And especially with biotech, I see them do offerings all the time. Um, mm -hmm. They make money whenever they have a drug that's like successful. They make money. But for every one of those, there are so many others that they're testing and researching that never make it to making them money. So they need to do offerings to be able to yeah. like keep their company afloat. So yeah, I'm happy you bring that up. It it's again, that's like, that's a perfect macro uh, analysis. That's the bigger picture. Like what is a biotech? It's a company that's spending a bunch of money on research. How do they actually make money? Well, they're a public company for a reason to raise capital. So it's like, you kind of understand the philosophy behind it, as opposed to maybe a more traditional stock or company there, maybe not trying to dilute 24 seven, but right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yes. just gotta be careful. You gotta know what you're trading. And yeah. each, each stock I find is a is a special little snowflake likes to be traded in its own way. <laughs> is there a specific price range you're usually looking for or float or you know anything specific that gets you really excited about a company or a you know top game? Yeah. yeah, that's a good question. Um I usually do really well in like the three to 10 to $15 range or so. Um, yeah. And almost the lower the float, the better to an extent. Mm. You, once you get under a million float, it can start to get really choppy because um, especially when you're cheaper like that, all it takes is really like one or two bigger players to really affect the price. Um, yeah. But like under 10 million float, ideal like one to 10 million is probably my preferred range. Um, but I'll trade up to like 25. Like I did really, really well on AMAM on Monday and that's like a 38, 39 million float. Yeah. So um, that's something though that took a long time to figure out was that the float or just like how much the float really does affect how a price moves and like the potential for certain things to happen. Like on higher floats, I notice that they tend to knife more than a lower float just because there's probably more shares available to send orders through and short and and do that. Um, so it's just kind of being aware of like what could happen. And um, with the larger floats also, I tend to notice that they um, continue in whatever direction they're going for longer. Yeah, that's true. They they do trend a little bit longer. Um, AMAM AMAM is a perfect example of that. I'll actually share my screen just so anyone can see these tickers or um, in post recording. It's always interesting to review without having to pull it up. Can you guys yeah. see? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So AMAM classic example where there's just a long trend. It's a bit more of a mid cap. Well, especially at this point, it wasn't originally, um, but yeah, 38 million shares outstanding right. <clears throat> while um, EDBL is uh, right around 2 million shares outstanding and their float is even less. Um, definitely a bit of a tricky ticker. Um, Toby, yeah. do you have, or yeah, sorry, Danny, but if, if uh, Toby, you have any questions, I know you're a little quiet right now. <laughs> I don't I'm just listening. I'm half asleep anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually, because uh, Danny is on the West Coast, we learned, I'm right now in Berlin, and then Toby oh. is in South Asia, Southeast Asia, so it's, uh, it's, or. It's, yeah, it's 1230 at night here. Yeah, uh -huh. so it's crazy how we have all these different time zones and i think because toby and i are more east it makes us trade pre-market so i try to i i sometimes yeah. do my best trading actually i do have my statistics for my best trading is literally at uh, from seven to eight and then from there all my pnl goes down 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 hmm. so you're you're kind of getting up with the market or you know you're probably most tuned in probably around like 9 45 10 10 30 when i'm usually like all right i gotta i gotta call it yeah and it goes through cycles like right now we've been seeing the the open has been trash 
And we've been seeing some yeah. good moves happening around like 10, 10, 30, 11. Um, I think on Monday, the bigger move on AMAM happened at like um like 9:30, 9:45, or 12:30, 12:45. Um so I uh it's it's kind of funny to think about. Like I know Ross gets out of the market around like 10, 10 30 a.m. his time. I'm trying to do the same. I try to get out to the gym, not spend too much time in the market. Um, but last year I was in Italy in the spring and I was trading. I would go do my stuff in the morning, whatever I wanted to do, go to the gym, come back in, take like two hours in the afternoon to trade and then go back out. And that was pretty nice. Um, so on European hours, it's not too bad. Southeast, yeah, East Asia. Yeah, though. Yeah. That's heavy. <laughs> yeah, with Europe, it's actually quite nice. In the morning, you could, it's like two different work phases. In the morning, you can do whatever you want. And then after lunch, mm -hmm. I always do like a midday workout, then have lunch, shower, and then basically at 1 p.m. till about like 4, I'll be trading. So it's like from 7 to 10. Right. And then it's really good. I'll I'll stick around a bit longer, but you'll see that basically at seven is really where I'm making most of my money. And then at eight, it goes lower and then lower and lower. Um, and then I usually that's, stop trading around 1030. That's Eastern time. Yeah. So this is, this is based on Eastern time. Exactly. Um, Interesting. so yeah, the, the classic New York uh, stock exchange hours, but in my time, this would be like 1 PM, 2 PM, 3 PM, 4, 5. Right. Um, that's yeah, interesting. My results um, time-wise have always been really interesting and odd. Um, like time of day or yeah. like how long hold it ticker? Okay. No, like time of day. Um, I'm looking at it now and I do see at least this year, I've made the majority of my money, like, like a solid majority um, between nine and 10. Um, but all the way up until, um, like 1 PM Eastern, I have a good chunk of money. And then from one to three, I'm slightly red. And then at four, I'm a little bit green again, <laughs> it's, but yeah. my stats have always been like that. Just kind of, um, not, not super typical. Cause I think, especially with trading momentum strategy, a lot of people would find that they make pretty much everything in the first hour or so. Yeah. That's typically what you would expect. Mm. For me, I've, I've kind of noticed that I'm just more attentive in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then like, I definitely get more fatigue by the end of yeah. the day. I'm going to be in uh, on the East coast again, pretty soon for a bit. And I'm actually kind of looking forward to see how I'm going to trade in that situation where the first thing I do in the day is trade as opposed to mm -hmm. one of the last things that I do in the day. Um, and that's even exaggerated even more by Toby, like super last yeah. thing, but you always take naps then, right? You like pretty much have to. Yeah. I, I try to take a little nap. That's like part of my pre-market routine. And it's yeah. that bad. Uh, <laughs> market opens for me at 7 PM. So I'm just, you know, 12 hours difference. That is 7 insane. It's not too, too bad. If you're not oh. going to stick around for too long, at least. It's not, it's not bad at all. And, um, I, I tried to finish around 10 30, but lately I've been screwing up and getting red. So I've been hanging out until five o'clock in the morning, trying to, hold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the tough part. I've definitely been noticing less is more in this type of market. Like, Without a question. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, there's a, there's definitely a question here that I would, I'm curious about as well. And Jim in the discord was saying earlier where, you know, he was, he, it's a red day today after a nice long green streak. And somebody was like, you know, have you sized down? And he's like, well, you know, I try to size up over time. Then I have a big red day. Then I size down. Then I start sizing up again. Then I have a big red day and I size down again. And it's like yeah. this vicious cycle. And I think every trader has been in that cycle for at least a bit, if yeah. not still stuck in that cycle. Do you have any feedback on breaking out of that cycle? <laughs> yeah. Or just uh, 
I, I can definitely. I mean, you could share your that. size or anything you want to sure. share that might be insightful. Because I, I, I yeah. personally also don't really know your size. Maybe other people don't either. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I feel very qualified to talk about this. I've been through this many times. <laughs> um, and it's funny talking with one of the other guys <clears throat> at Warrior, his name is Jess, and we both kind of joke about this. Everyone asks us, like, what was your aha moment? And both of us are like, we haven't had it yet. Jess has been trading <laughs> for like 10 years. Yeah. Um, he's had, I've seen him have $60,000 green days. And both of us are like, I haven't, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, it's mostly, we joke that it's mostly just like sucking less over time. Yeah. Uh, you, you make certain mistakes until it hurts too much to keep doing it. And then you make a change and then it'll probably pop back up again at some point, but hopefully you've adjusted something so that the next time it doesn't happen quite as bad or the space between it is bigger. Um, but like in the fall, one of the reasons I had such a hard year last year, I had three red months in a row, which was the first time I'd ever happened. Um, Those are brutal. Brutal. Oh, yeah. It's so discouraging. It was yeah. September, October, November. Um, and that was one of the points I was referring to that like, sometimes it's necessary to figure out what are you doing wrong and how do you need to change your trading to get past that and hopefully have it not happen again. Or like I was just saying, less, less frequency or less extent. Um, but as far as like the sizing, I'm, I'm kind of working on sizing up right now too, mostly because I've been having such consistent results with what I've been, how I've been trading lately. Um, I hope that I'm not going to end up having a, a bigger red day at some point. Um, but I think that the idea of like, you're having a lot of consistency and then you just have one bigger red day that kind of blows out, hopefully not all, but maybe some of that. I don't know that it's the best thing to do to just cut down share size right after that. It can definitely help take some of the emotion out of trading if you just had a big loss, but if you've been having a lot of consistency and it's just this one bigger day that takes away a lot of that profit, it's not that you're doing all of those other days wrong. Like that was a good stretch. Um, I think the more important thing to focus on would be like, what went wrong that specific day? Like, did you get emotionally triggered and just keep trading way past when you knew you should have? Um, one of the things that I've worked on most in the last six months to get out of that drawdown and now to what I'm doing now is recognizing what kind of day we're having, like before I'm down $1,000 on the day. Um, <clears throat> so like today, today is not a good day. I went from up uh, 30 to down 300 to up 330 to down 400. And now I'm up 20. So right. I'm not going to keep trading. Um, I know that there's low quality moves in the market right now. And if I keep trading, I'm probably like, how much more would I make on these types of moves is one thing, but it's just a waste of time and energy for me. And I know that if I get sucked into something and I go, 10 or 20 or $30 red, I'm going to want to be green again. And then I'll be here an hour or two later, like red 300, like I should have just walked away. Yeah. Um, so that has been a lot of, that's taken a lot of my attention on something that I needed to work on. Um, and I'm guessing that that might kind of sound familiar to some people. If you're having those same issues, like uh, September, or no, it was August last year. I had had a really, really solid first week of August. I was up like $11,000 with some, finally some new momentum that we had found. And then I had like a $9,000 red day the next week. Yeah. And that's kind of when that process started. Um, so, and I remember on that day, I just didn't care. I was like, I kept losing loss after loss, like a thousand here, a thousand there. Um, and you just can't let that happen. It's not worth it. It's not that important. Like just walk away. The market will be here the next day. Try to figure out how to stop before you get to that point. Um, but then as far as like share size, I'm mostly working with like 1500 to 2500 share positions 
sometimes a little bigger than that. Um, it depends on what I'm seeing. And like, like I was talking about earlier, each stock likes to trade how it likes to trade. And am I hitting this stock well? And then maybe I want to take some bigger size on another move or two, or like, especially on the, those false breakdowns on EDBL, that's a move that I recognize that I usually yeah, do really well on. Yeah. So like, I might want to take that with like 3000 shares or something like that. Um, so there's a lot that goes into it, but it's all just a long process of like generally sucking less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that you say that. It definitely makes sense to me because when I think about sizing down after a red day or something, I'm like, that's not the right thing to do because if I size down, I'll get comfortable. And then when I size back up yeah. and I'll be uncomfortable and yeah. it'll be, it'll be hell. So I need to get used to whatever size I'm doing and just understand that it's something else. Like basically yeah. what you said, sometimes you're in a red state of mind and then you just start digging yourself a really deep hole and understanding mm -hmm. what state of mind you're in is so critical. So when I'm red yeah. on the day, my main focus is just having like a quick base hit or it doesn't have to be quick, but just getting a little bit of green momentum back in my head in my running PL. So hopefully I can I can crawl out of that red state of mind because it's a it's a dangerous place to be. Um, yeah. You make a really good point there. And that's something that I had to get out of last fall was that red state of mind. And we have a guy in our chat, his name is Manoli. Um very successful, very good at trading. And one of the things he said to me when I was just having like red day after red day, he was like, are you starting the day red or are you going green to red? And I was like, most of the days I think I'm green and then I go red. And then it's the simplest thing you could say or think it's hard to do, but he was like, then just stop when you're green. And it doesn't matter how green you are. Like if you're up a hundred bucks, just lock in a hundred dollar green day and then do it again the next day do it a couple more times and then all of a sudden you get a lot more confidence back and you can you That's can do a lot good. more with that with a confidence mindset than a red mindset yeah i might actually have to do that a bit more aggressively because i definitely subscribe to locking in the green days because i used to mm -hmm. you know i used to be up a thousand dollars let's say and then i would spend the next three hours hitting max loss and i did that yeah. i did that once this year five Mondays in a row uh, and I thought I was going to throw my laptop out the window. I've never been so <laughs> like, I'm pretty relaxed. When I used to live stream, people were always like, Alex, I don't know how you're so relaxed. And like, that's definitely something that's like my personality, but I was just so annoyed. I was like, again, are you kidding me? You know, where you yeah. just get super frustrated with yourself. So I couldn't agree anymore. Like, I think it's worth locking in the profits and walking away because that, that experience just makes you so mad. And then you, then you probably spend the next week just being like emotionally a little bit more sensitive, which will have so many ripple effects. And if you wanted to make more money then just, yeah, with the confidence, increase size. And you said this in actually yeah. Ross Cameron's uh, video, like if you want to make more money, reduce basically the, the errors, like the, the bad trades and just size more in in general not yeah. don't trade or don't don't do all the other funny stuff yeah yeah i think that's one of the things that's been doing the best for me lately is that thought is like if i wanted to make more money today i should have taken bigger size on the setups that i knew were good and i should have tried to figure out how to avoid some of those losses so like going back and looking at were there other signs that maybe i could have avoided like on EDBL today, um, going from up 300 to down 400 and now back to just negative 60 on it, there were signs for sure. Um, I kept seeing this bid popping up um, just like through price action. There was like a 10 or 15,000 share bid that just kept popping up. And then there was also on the ask like 10 or 15,000 shares popping up here and there. And they would just like come in and out. And whenever I see stuff like that, I'm like, I know that someone's messing around in this. Um, <laughs> and you don't know where they're going to slam you and to which direction, but someone is in here playing games. Um, and I just stayed in it too long. I should have gotten out when I was more green on it. But, you know, it's not the worst mistake today that I made, um, you know, as far as mistakes go and I'll live.
Here, here's a question. Your friend who said you just get green, I'm not sure if you said the name or not. Um, just get green and get out is because mm -hmm. I, I try to do that too sometimes, but then I'm like, well, okay, if I, my max is, let's say 5% based on my average size, let me, let me get green, get out when I hit that, you know, 5%. And then I'll be at like, let's say it's, you know, my average size is, I don't know, let's just say a thousand dollars. And then I'm at, um, you know, 5%. So <clears throat> when I hit that, I don't know. I'm I'm up like four hundred dollars. Five percent. My average size is ten thousand dollars. So I'm up four hundred dollars. And then I'm like, well, I only need a hundred more dollars, and then I could, you know, call it. And then I and then I'm already kind of pulling back from there. So is it yeah. is it like a, a, a profit target? You know, is it two hundred, four hundred, five thousand? Because I know with the get green, get out. Sometimes we're like, okay, well, we're only up one hundred and fifty dollars. Then it doesn't really matter. You know, yeah. I got to keep. Drinking. So I think that's where I have some difficulties with sometimes or what like, I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. It can be difficult. Um, <clears throat> one thing that I started doing probably around November when I was sick of seeing red days was <clears throat> I have been tracking my days every single day. I have an Excel spreadsheet going back like three years and I would track my daily profit every single day. And I stopped doing that and I hid my account value number. And so like, I don't know if my account is at 39,950 and I want to make another $50 that day, which is irrelevant. Um, I, and people ask me this in warrior when I'm teaching too, is they're like, do you have a daily goal? And I'm like, yeah, kind of. But like, if the market isn't there, it doesn't matter. It's not relevant. So yeah. that's one thing that's been really helpful for me is just really internalizing that and and going back to what I was saying before about recognizing what kind of day we're in, um, like at this point, I know what kind of moves I'm looking for. And I've gotten a lot better at just not trading if I don't see that stuff. And that's been really helpful. Um, yeah. But then as far as like profit, I'm always aware of my profit and loss on each ticker and like general running profit on the day. I don't know what my account value is. It doesn't matter. Like I have enough in my account to buy as many shares of whatever type of move I'm usually looking at. So the account value doesn't matter. Um, but also when you were talking there, it made me think it's interesting to me that you um, position size based on the dollar amount of your position. Um, Cause that's, it's not something I've done before. I think about how much risk I'm taking, I guess, with like, I'm taking a 3000 share position here. It has potential to drop a few cents, but I think the potential of the upside is much bigger. So I'll take the position. Um, but I mostly just think in share size and not position size. I don't know that either one is right or wrong. Um, just something interesting that I've noticed. No, it's, it's always good to you know, cherry or like understand how other people think. I, that's that's yeah. the whole point of doing these podcasts. And it's always yeah. interesting to explore these topics. Actually talking about kind of mindset and way uh, people think about things. I think Toby has some of the craziest trading mindsets I've ever seen because um, I don't know if this goes back. I don't know if you know, but Toby is a Olympic uh, medalist uh, with what is it? The skiing, but what was it called on the moguls down downhill skiing freestyle? Oh, you're on mute. You're on mute. Freestyle mogul skiing. Oh, freestyle cool. mogul. Yeah, it's it's super crazy. And I think Toby really brings in his, I don't know, um, you know, athlete mentality into the trading because yeah. he's had some insane drawdowns. Like in the day, you know, he'll go. I don't, I don't know if it's max loss or, or where your max loss is per se, but you'll have these just insane red days. And then you, you, you like, he'll trade another 150 trades and he'll get out of these holes where I'm like, yeah. I would have gotten a heart attack, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, totally, like, Toby, do you want to explore some of that or share some of like how you think about getting out? And is it even healthy? I know you've been I, saying, I like, is it a healthy relationship or like, you know, honestly, as a, it's not something that's good. I mean, it's probably going to be something that will be a hindrance in the future. So I'm trying to get out of that habit. Actually, I, I, um, get myself red, get myself more red. And I'm like, well, I, I, I've, I've gotten out so many times that 
I feel like, okay, if I keep going, maybe I'll be able to get out of this one too. And it's going to bite me in the butt one day. But uh, I definitely think that uh, it's it's important to to start. I need to start having a max loss. I kind of never really had one. It's just should be here. And the next day I'll tell myself that's where it should have been. And then I'll get myself <laughs> red again and be like, well, there's only two choices. Am I going to be this deep red today or am I going to try to work my way out of it again? <laughs> yeah. That's really interesting that you bring that up because I have had very similar um, results to the point that people in the chat were like, you just needed to start your day red and then go from there. Um, but yeah, I've crawled out of like $3,000 drawdowns back up to flat or green in the day before. <clears throat> it sucks. I hate when that happens. I've gotten so much better now at like not doing that first and like mostly most of the time just going up rather than starting in the hole um but yeah people used to joke that I needed to start in the hole in order to have a good day <laughs> um it's interesting that you bring up the athlete mindset with that I was I wasn't I wasn't in the Olympics I was uh just off of the Olympic trials cut in swimming oh, wow. um I don't know if it has to do with athletics or or what. I did it already. You were saying like, well, I don't want to, you know, if I go red, I don't want to finish the day red, even though it's a small red. You yeah. Go back to green. It's kind of the mentality mm -hmm. I take every day. It's like, it doesn't matter if it's a big green day at this point. I just yeah. don't want to see a red number on my PL at the end of the day. Right. Exactly. We should just start marking on the calendar, whether you're green or red, just Put the color green. It's <laughs> 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 yeah. probably stop me. We'll add that. <laughs> just a, just so an good. option. Are you easily <laughs> triggered by red days? If so, you can change <laughs> yeah. the red day to a, to a green color. <laughs> I have like a survey when people sign up. Yeah. Well, yeah. how do you feel about max loss days, Danny? Do you do you have them now in place or? No. <laughs> um, no. Definitely not. So like, like I was saying earlier, I always try to recognize what kind of day I'm trading. And um, like on Friday, Friday was a tough day for me. I got myself down to negative 900 and I just kept taking paper cuts and paper cuts. And um, but then I got like one nice trade and that made back a, a couple hundred um, and then like another one. And then I went to the gym when I was sitting at like negative 200. I cop got back from the gym and I hit two decent trades to get myself into the green. Um, <clears throat> so well, that's a big I, break I, you took. I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I came back and I was I just popped back in chat and I was like, "Is anything moving?" And someone was like, "Yeah, this is kind of moving." And I just got two decent trades on it, and that was what it took. Um, but I know that I have that background of being able to claw out of really big holes sometimes and so i trust myself my trading stats support that if i that that basically i can trust myself if i see something that i think is looking right i'll trade it because mm. more often than not i'm able to do well on it um so i don't have a max loss in place i'm just always trying to consider like, oof, I'm down 300. That's pretty much fine, but like, it's not a good signal. Um, if, if I'm red on the day, I always have to be like, it's probably not that good of a day. Um, if I'm red 500, 700, then I'm definitely like, uh, I really <laughs> probably need to stop now or like change what I'm doing or find something different. Um, <clears throat> One thing that I did do differently is um, not necessarily like a max loss per ticker, but I've gotten a lot better at moving on from a ticker if I just take a couple losses on it. And that's been helpful. Yeah. That's, wow, I agree with that so much. I and mean, there's some tickers that you just do not mesh with. And the more you trade it, the more red you get on it. It's yep. insane. Mm -hmm. And once you realize that, you just, yeah, walk away from it super soon. But it usually, for me, it usually takes like a couple of red trades and I'll be down like two, three, four, five hundred on it. And then like, then I'm like, all right, I got to walk away. But then it's like in this market, sometimes there, there's nothing to walk away to. So right. it's, yeah. You got to be it's really tough. careful. Yeah. 
Um, well, that was SHPH for me in September. Um, <clears throat> that was, so I was read like 8,000 in September. SHPH was like 7,300 of it. So mm. uh, I kind of learned that lesson at that point, hopefully. That was an IPO, no? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I traded it day after day, lost on it day after day. I just couldn't figure it out and I just kept trading it. Yeah, that's tough because it's like, in a, in a way, trading is all about self-mastery and like discipline and consistency and, you know, trying to do it till you figure it out. But then at the same time, there's certain situations like tickers that you don't mesh with that you have to just stop trading it, which kind of yeah. goes against the whole mindset of how to become a successful trader to begin with. <laughs> so yeah, right. It's like, stop, stop trading these when you're going red on them. Yeah. Yeah. Which is tough. And I think I I personally struggle with that a lot. Like this whole, and I don't know how much longer we have here. We, we always try to keep these under an hour, but uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's difficult, but I guess um, to finish my thought, one thing that I, and the reason I'm struggling so much, I think with these two strategies is because like, I know in my mind that if I just stick with it, I'll probably figure it out. And that's the whole point. That's how I figured out <clears throat> this first strategy, right? Frontside momentum, watched a lot of stuff. But I think with two strategies, I think you start tripping over yourself even more. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's tough because you know, like deep inside, you can figure it out. And if you just focus on right. one thing, you can probably do it. I know Jack Kellogg, um, I don't know if you know him. He's uh, mm -hmm. also, also a trader that... Um, with Tim Sykes, and he's gotten a lot of publicity recently. I watched one of uh, a video from Clover Trading where there's like a group of traders, and they and he was saying he's like infamous for trading all sorts of setups and patterns, and they always right. joke that he's he's doing a really good job at it. And I would like to get to that level, but maybe I'm just, you know, I'm not there yet. So I still need to perfect this one strategy first. Um, I think I've, yeah. I've had that kind of realization. I think about that too. Like it would be cool to be good at day trading, fast momentum. It would be cool to be like really good at swing trading too. Cause then you don't have to put quite as much like minute to minute focus on it, but yeah, you only need to be good at one strategy to make a living in the market really. Yeah. And, and I try to think about that too. Nice. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Do you ever have the thought of like, what do you do with all your cash sitting around? I think that's a thought that I have sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> as far that's as like in, like in checking account or? No, like, um, like, well, kind of in your trading account, because uh, in a way, like you're only using a very small portion of your trading account. At least I am. I yeah. And then I'm like, what do I do with the rest? You know, and that's why I was trying yeah. to get into swing trading so hard. <laughs> I think about off. that. Yeah, I would. Well, I, I contributed to my Roth. So there's 6,000. Um, yeah, you try to find things that are good to do with it that will be like beneficial for you. Um, right now, my main goal with my main trading account is just keep growing it because it's not that big. It's like, it's a little under 60,000, I think. Um, yeah, I don't max it out at all. Like, like I was saying, I took a 3000 share position on a $4 stock. Like, um, so yeah, what do I do with the rest? I don't know. Um, got to figure that out. Some of it goes to taxes. Um, yeah. I'd like to start day trading in a Roth once I feel a little more comfortable that I have like plenty in, in my just liquid account. Yeah. Um, but mostly I just think of it as a tool, like how big or how effective is my tool and, um, I guess I could put it into longer term stuff and just hold it, um, you know, thinking that the market's going to go up a few percent in the year, but I don't know. Yeah. I haven't given a lot of thought to that before. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I think I've been thinking about it, but I think that thinking about it has messed me up a lot. And now I just remember a thought that I had a friend, or he's still my friend, but <laughs> I had a friend <laughs> say, uh, he was like, you know, sometimes, it's not so much about always putting your capital work. Sometimes just knowing you have, let's say, a hundred thousand in the bank, the peace of mind that gives you is yeah. very powerful. And I think I might have to 
maybe accept that a little bit more and view it as that because I've been trying to force something that has really been messing me up and has taken away my peace of mind a little bit. Um, yeah. At least that's how I feel personally right now. <laughs> so. Yeah, you can't put a price on peace of mind. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Especially it, when it relates to trading. Amen. It's so important to have your whole life kind of a little bit more healthy yeah. <laughs> when, when it's the trading. You can't be super volatile. There's um, a really good book that I found maybe two years ago that I really liked that's not related to trading, but that talks about that topic, basically. Um, pretty much the idea of getting your life into either a positive or a negative spiral. Mm. Um, the book is called The Happiness Advantage by uh, Sean Acor. Yeah. yeah. Did you say you've heard of that or? Um, yes, I've definitely seen this, but I don't think I've read it. Otherwise, I feel like it would. Yeah. It... I just listened to it on Audible and um, I thought it was really good. There is screen sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really good and helpful for just mindset. Um, you can get a lot of things in your life going in a nice positive spiral and it really helps take some stress away from everything else uh the less stressed you are when you're trading the better yeah i i totally agree with that you know if you're agitated or something's going on uh for me when i was traveling a lot i, I was oh man it was brutal it would instantly yeah. mess up my trading um so yeah i i totally agree with that and i think that's a really good point uh maybe i'll have to read this book and take a chill pill because <laughs> I don't know what it is ever since the year started I've been I've been a little bit higher strong and uh I don't know a little bit more reactive maybe it's because yeah. I'm on a little bit of like a um a plateau that I'm I'm waiting yeah. to break out I'm trying so hard to break out from that plateau that I'm actually becoming my own worst enemy it's just like a, a stock chart you're just waiting to break that flat top <laughs> yeah yeah Toby's good at that. Like, cause Toby, how, wait, Dan, how do you, how many trades do you do on average per day when we could pretty much wrap? Um, wrap it's in? hard to say, like, I would probably say on average, like 50. Um, yeah, it's, it's up there for sure. Yeah. It used to be worse. <laughs> Believe Toby, it or not. Well, my long Toby day is like easily 200, 300. Yeah. Like, I've been there. But yes. I'm also like my good days, honestly, like my easy days, my stress-free days. And I need to get back into that too. When I was having a lot of green days in a row is somewhere yeah. like around 50, 60 trades a day. Crazy. Yeah. Well, and the reason I bring that up is because you can see like the stuff, like, like price action in Toby's um, running mm -hmm. PL. Like you have the flags, you have everything. <laughs> it's so yeah. crazy. It, so it, yeah, it just mirrors what, what the stocks are doing. You no know, way. Like yesterday I was 32, Monday I was 107, but Monday was also a really good day. So it's hard to say. I basically trust myself to take a trade if I think I see a trade. Um, and sometimes that ends up being more, sometimes it's less. It just depends. I like I like that point. And you you said it a little bit earlier where like you look at your stats and you're like, well, I'm consistently profitable. I know what I'm doing. So if you see a setup later on, even if it's not at like, you know, 10 o'clock or the classic trading time, you're right. like, you have conviction and you trade it. And I think sometimes I don't do that yeah. where I see great setup and I'm like, well, it's not, you know, X time and I don't right. trade it. And I get a little bit of FOMO from that because I'm like, well, that was a perfect setup and I knew it was a perfect setup. I used to get so triggered from that and especially being with thinkorswim uh we talked we we touched on this real briefly why i'm using dos but um with thinkorswim i started moving just to market orders because i found that i would be so much more triggered if i saw the trade and missed it because i tried to buy the ask or something like that and i didn't get filled i would way rather get filled at this general area and be able to take profit up here than just miss the trade when I saw it happening. Mm. Yeah. So I actually just use market yeah. orders. That's, that's how I that's am. That's a good idea. Only market order. Yeah. I think um, being on a free commission broker or at least non-direct access, I think that might be helpful. Probably maybe not needed if you have direct access, but I hate missing a trade if I was looking at that trade. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think we all can count like how many times we missed the perfect setup because we were too conservative by one or two cents yeah. or maybe not right. enough, but something yeah, that exactly. I don't yeah. care about like the specific scent or the specific trigger. It's I'm just looking at price action and like I want to be in sort of here. And then I think that's going to happen. I'd much rather have a trade that I'm in go sort of wrong or like have to bail for a few cent loss than just not take it. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Danny, as we wrap up the conversation, is there anything maybe you'd want to share with us or maybe thoughts on game plans going forward? Toby, even if you have thoughts going forward, uh, but yeah, anything you would like to share with our community as your first yeah. time on the pod? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Happy to be here. Um, I've I've actually been a lurker for a few years and just started posting a little bit more re recently. Um, but as far as like game plan, I'm just trying to do the same thing I've been doing, kind of keep my head down, um, being safe, trying to make good trades, trying to see things right. Um, it seems to be working for me lately, or at least I seem to be taking the right trades and exits um, and avoiding most of the danger. So for whatever reason that's happening i'm going to try to keep that going and see if i can make some good calls in the chat and hopefully help you guys out too but it's been nice being here so far nice i'm happy to hear that yeah it's having a community in general for trading is is uh, a necessity i never really thought about it yeah. when i first started uh, but yeah it's, it's key super key yeah all right i agree with that I guess we'll we'll call it here um, before it gets too late because I know sometimes they run on really long. <laughs> um, so again, thanks for coming in, Danny and Toby. For I know thanks it's too late over there, always for you. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, so I'm guess... always happy to talk stocks. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Likewise. Well, you, Danny. you too. All right, guys. Hopefully, we'll have you back on then soon, and we'll we'll talk in the uh, we'll talk in the Discord. Sounds good. <laughs> See you guys in All there. All right. Yeah. Ciao, ciao, guys.